BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Explorers, welcome back to the Starfield Lorecast. Today we have a terror-filled episode for Spooptober. This is your host, Tom. I'm with my other host, Dave. Dave, we're back. We're talking about spooky stuff. We're here talking about spooky stuff. Here's a spooky fact for you. Did you did you ever think that really we're all just a bunch of skeletons walking around? Yeah, wearing yeah, wearing uh fleshless clothing. Yes. Yeah, kind of spooky. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that whole thing is really weird when you think about it. This idea that like you've got a little fleshy thing inside a skeleton, inside a flesh suit, driving yep. you around all the time. Just a little skeleton. We're all little skeletons. Yeah. Speaking of skeletons, you know who else has a skeleton? Who does? Uh, Santa Claus has a skeleton. But um, that's not the topic of today. That's just the first thing that popped in my head. The o- other things that have skeletons are terror morphs, I believe. I mean, I'm, they're fairly large creatures, so I would imagine they have a skeleton. They don't really blow apart into chunks or anything, so I can't really tell. But what if they have a skeleton and an exoskeleton? Like they're just like so. They're just like doubled up. Skeletony. Yeah. Oh, that's even more terrifying. Uh, so yeah, today's episode is all about terror morphs. Again, we're going deep into the lore. So if you haven't played through the game, you haven't done the like the Vanguard quest line, which mostly focuses uh, of all the quest lines, the one that focuses the most on terror morphs, then maybe ch- skip over the episode, go play and then come back and listen. Uh, but if you want the lore, this is where it is. And we're digging into terror morphs. So first of all, Dave, before we get into the history of the terror morphs and all of that stuff, the word terror morph is interesting. Uh, so you and I were putting the show notes together. And one of the things we noticed is that across the internet, lots of people on Reddit and all over the place are even in Google search results are typing. What is the origin of a Terra morph? T-E-R-R-A morph. And then mm-hmm. the answers are responding. Terror morphs are blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So maybe you're mishearing it while you play through the game, because it seems like a lot of people do. But it's actually terror morph. And I, yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. I would never mispronounce anything from this game ever. Um, <laughs> did did is, you pick? Yeah, it's the. Mm. Oh, you're talking about dig picks. Oh, I love dig picks. D- and my dig, terror morphs. You said dig pick. 
dig, my dig picks. Yeah. And my terror morphs. Digi. So terror morph. Let's let's talk about the the words morph. You might recognize morph from other kinds of alien creatures like the alien series, alien aliens. Uh, That's a xenomorph. It has morph in it. Morph is Greek for form or body. So like xenomorph would be like alien body, which tracks, right? Terror morph would be terror, like terrible, terrifying body. Like this thing is just scary. And so that's what they named it. But like terra morph, T-E-R-R-A would be earth body. That doesn't make any sense for this creature. Like technically you and I are terra morphs. As I said, everyone is a terra morph if the shape is a circle, because we all come (laughs) from a circular shape. A single cell. We're all little globes at our origins. Um, Yes. So, yeah, so that's a terror morph, and that's what we're talking about in today's episode. So uh, let's let's dig into it. What what do we know, Dave? What do we know about these crazy monstrosities? So by the end of in, end of the quest and uh, of the UC Vanguard, and you go through a lot of the um, kind of origins of the terror morph, this is pretty much what we know at the end. Um, a baby terramorph actually starts as like a small leech-like creature. That, that when, when I say leech, you think like little body leeches or maybe like little medieval people sitting around trying to get the blood disease out. I, I'm talking more like the size of a small dog. Like they are leeches at the size of a small dog with little like worm mouths. I don't know if you've seen the mouth of a worm, but it's very tiny, has a lot of teeth in it, um, and then it has little claws, legs that it it crawls around on. This is the kind of descriptions you get when you get a verified crypto zoologist on the show um, by the yes. way that is the kind of description sure. that you'll get right <laughs> we should get one of those um yeah so we see these are heat leeches right yes as the game defines them and and you scan them they're always scanned as heat leeches right and this is something that you come across very early in the game you run into these in lots of different locations on sometimes on people's ships all over the place and most people are like uh they treat them like they're vermin like rats or something like rats on a you know colony ship from the 1700s or something like that and they're like right. ah stupid heat leeches just you know kill them get them out of your space and whatever like uh, rats or rad roaches from previous bethesda games yeah they're, they're of that variety right they're they're not super dangerous they're little vermin things they you shoot them one hit kills them usually and or you just punch them <laughs> do you ever do that you ever just with your like the butt of your gun, just you ever punch a leech? You punch well, a leech. You can punch a leech punch in school by me, Rex Quando. <laughs> Heat leech punching game new on the App Store. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so these, but they start out. I, I was gonna say cute. They're not really cute. They're kind of gross. Heat leeches aren't adorable creatures, but they seem innocuous, right? They seem like oh, this isn't a problem until you realize by going through that entire quest line, holy. Holy Mother of Lord God Jesus, excuse my French, uh, these things turn into terror morphs. They get real big and mean, and that's how they're sneaking around, getting on all these different colonies where people have been because they've been hitching rides on people ships. Yeah, so it's funny how the game introduces them to you because it's one of the first enemies, enemies, I guess, in quotations that you encounter as a heat leech. And eventually, they're so small, you just don't notice them as much. You just stop killing them. Like, you're like, oh, I, a heat leech? I don't care. Yeah, I don't go. We'll it just, doesn't we'll drop just, anything I really need. Uh, just like, right. whatever. Okay, just we'll walk just past leave it. it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but so, no, these are a real problem. And every time you stomp out a heat leech, you're killing a terror morph. So 
good on you. I mean, that's that's as we know it to be true. But healages are are their own danger and problem as well that are kind of like extrapolated in the lore. Um, when you when you dive into what they do and why they got on these ships, it's because they're really. Um, uh, I guess like attracted to sources of heat, sources of energy that that's like what they feed off of. So they don't feed off of like, Oh, um, you know, your, your sandwich pirates that you've been <laughs> the, keeping the corpses around. of the sandwich pirates that you store right. in your brig. <laughs> but they do, they, they've been known and there's a note in the game where they talk about it. Um, they, they've been known to attack humans and what they do is they put their claws on you and then they take their mouth and then they start like sucking the heat out of your body. So like the bite and like what they're doing doesn't kill you, but you suffer from so much hyperthermia and frostbite that it does kill you. That's because amazing. They're just like, lowering that's, your body temperature that's so also much. kind of terrifying like you wake up in the middle of the night and like why am i so cold oh god there's a dog-sized leech on me <laughs> classic problem gross um all right but these they grow up into yes into the big boys Eff- effectively they they eat enough like they they grow so they have so much potential energy that they just like whew, turn into a terramorph um yeah yeah and we see them in the game they just almost just like poof just like Right. Like you, you give them the, um, what is the, the food or what was the item you give them? And then all of a sudden they just like poof, turn into a kind of flower that's native to Tossetti too. Right. Right. um, I forget the name of it. We probably should put this in the notes. I didn't think about this until right now. I was like, oh yeah, there's a thing they eat that turns them big. They get big when they eat it. That flower that's native doesn't show up in the rest of the game. And so like it only affects those terramorphs that are um, number one on Tossetti two and number two, the ones that um, a certain covert operative that is maybe a double agent of some sort that lives in a little bunker that nobody talks about. I'm talking about, um, I think what was his name? He was like the Colonel. They called him Viz. Uh, something. Oh, 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 um, man, why we weren't planning to go into all of that side of, of things on this episode. Um, uh, what was it? Viv, Viv, Victus? Vim Victus? Vin Victus. Vin Victus. Yeah. You're 100% right. It was yeah. Vin Victus. Um, That's pretty good for me because specific names drop out of my head real quick. So, yeah. There you go. You've got it. You get a gold star from me. Thanks. Anyways, most of the Terramorph encounters haven't been because of these particular fl- uh, flowers. The ones that are on the colonies and are, and are kind of like showing up eventually are just heat leeches getting enough heat that they're, they're kind of like doing a metamorphosis into the Terramorphs themselves. Right. So it seems like there's two pathways to metamorphosis into this very large, scary creature. And... These creatures um, are originally from the Tolman system, a uh, Tolman, Tolman two, the planet, and mm-hmm. that is the location of Londinium, which sounds like a cool mm-hmm. city because it's named after London, I think, or maybe yeah. the element. Londinium. Uh, it's a kind of a nice name for a city. Both? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a cool nice. place that would have been nice to visit, except that now it's absolutely destroyed because of the terror morph. Uh, pandemic they had and then the solution of just nuking the city 
So not a whole lot to go visit there anymore. Yes. Um, the, the, the interesting thing, and, and like if you see, when you start the game, you go to the UC um, Vanguard uh, Museum that they have right there. And there's a number of different statues that they have in there of people wearing some clothing based on the different factions. But you see a statue of a standing Terramorph. And it looks like it looks like something you would see in a haunted like house or something. Yeah. It's got the four arms coming out of it. It's got the two legs. And you can see it's like it's mouth spindly little huge of it. pointy um, teeth yeast <laughs> the uh <laughs> so it looks menacing the first time you see it and you're thinking to yourself oh man i hope i don't i hope i don't run into one of those and of course what's your first mission with the uc vanguard you run into one of those. you run into one of those yeah and they're gigantic i mean i i think they're actually bigger than say a standard death claw in fallout uh yeah they are. got more yeah. arms and legs we're talking mm-hmm. like six appendages is 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 uh creepy looking face and their body it's almost like their their skin kind of is stretched over their bone structure and their muscles in a really weird sort of mutated kind of way do you notice that yeah i would say so they're they're, they're almost like a, a stalker of some sort like they're, they're kind of um it's all very sinewy i would say yeah if this sinew to it if this was a creature in fallout i would assume this was some sort of mutation right this was some sort of right. fev mutated creature of some sort but apparently these as far as we know evolved naturally on ptolemon the second um so i guess this is just the way they look they're just terrifying but they they not only are big and scary and have lots of arms and weird mouths but they also have another ability right yeah, they um, use pheromonics, uh, I believe it's called in the game, or pheromonics. It's essentially psionic pheromones. So what they do is they release a pheromone that either um, causes hallucinations with people of like, they are scarier than they are. Kind of like, think like Batman scarecrow fear gas, like mm-hmm. everything's spooky. This is my spooky gas. I'm going to spread it around. Yeah, this is, that's how I got my wife. I used pheromonics because that's I emit those and then she oh was, you do oh mm-hmm. psionically mm-hmm. yeah that's exciting that's how I convinced that's an her exciting way of doing it yeah that's how I convinced her to marry me don't tell her um, but this is kind of crazy this idea that like pheromones can uh, make other things have psychological issues. I mean, you're basically hallucinating. Like if you run across these, you hear people talking to you and they're saying things that are very disheartening, <laughs> like like you'll never you're never going to win. You should just give up right now, like that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, essentially, it, for the player perspective, you're you're hearing all these things of like, don't fight this. Here's what's happening. All, all of your friends are going to die. And. And your car's going to crash and then you're going to owe a lot of money in your mortgage. Like it's essentially telling you all of your (laughs) work. You're going to step on gum. Don't go outside. You're going to step on a piece of gum. That sucks, right? (laughs) You don't want that. (laughs) But to other NPCs, it's not only doing that, but it's also kind of like mind controlling them so much. The in, in the game, you have to use like an EM rifle to incapacitate them because they're just like going crazy. They're like, ah, I need to attack things because the Terramorph told me. Right. Which is one of the tips for dealing with these is don't bring a companion or at least don't bring a companion that can be affected by pheromonics. That word is hard. Psionic pheromonics. Pheromonics. Um, I wonder, I haven't tried this. If you bring Vasco with you, is he affected? 
I don't know, but I, I do remember when the uh, terror morphs invade the spaceport. There's a group of like uh, grenadiers or something that that's from the UC, and they're like, "Hey, do you want some help? We'll go out there and we'll help you with it." And by the time you've seen everybody mind controlled, you're like, "Hey, guys, listen, <laughs> not a good idea, not a good idea. You're fine. You just stay here, right?" But that might that might have something to do why with why they were using robots in order to clean up the terror morphs. Uh, right. is because they can't get affected by that, I would assume. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, so, uh, anything else about the way they function before we move on to the next section? Uh, r- really, the combination of their brutality, of how quick they move, and the, the mind control element makes them pretty much the apex predator of the galaxy. Yeah, that's it's pretty terrifying. Um, yeah, Imagine getting one of these on your spaceship. That's not going to go very well. No, nope, nope. So because they are so terrifying, uh, humanity decided maybe we can weaponize these. They definitely <laughs> did. So um, you've heard about it in the game, the uh, Xeno Warfare Division of the UC. They developed this on, I believe it was the planet Crete. They had started with the different colony wars of um, the Freestar Collective was using the mechs to kind of do different stuff. So the um, UC decided we're going to weaponize actual aliens and kind of like mind control them or put some device on them so they can go out there and uh, fight for us. So we don't have actual people dying in these colony wars. So they started. They started originally with the Crete Stalkers, which were uh, crustaceous giant trilobites that they used to overwhelm the colonies. <laughs> I don't know if you've looked up a picture of these. Trilobites, yeah, trilobites are actual real world creatures that lasted for like millions and millions of years on our planet. Yes. But they're like tiny. They're like little guys. These things are big boys. Yeah. Yeah, like giant insect looking things with big hard carapaces and like little little tanks to actual biological tanks. Maybe you call them that. I would say so. Very hard to kill. Um, If if you're mind controlling them, I would imagine that, you know, if you had an army of giant crabs marching towards you, you would think, okay, maybe (laughs) my sword doesn't work. Maybe my hammer would be better. Yeah, because you got to get through that exoskeleton, the shell. Um, so uh, this seems to make sense because if the enemy is using mechs, which are obviously very large, robotic, like controlled, you know, battle machines, then maybe the counter to that is a bunch of really scary creatures and you outnumber them and swarm them to the point where they can't actually fight back well against against that like imagine imagine being i don't know going through the amazon and all of a sudden you come across like a giant like i don't know ant nest or something and you fall in it like you can't squish all the ants you're going to kill a bunch of them but you're not going to kill all of them before they chew you up real good so all right. So uh, anything else we know about the Xeno warfare stuff? Well, so the Xeno warfare did that initial test with the uh, Crete stalkers and that was pretty successful. So they decided, okay, well we could do that. So why don't we get these terror morphs who are absolutely and totally terrifying and see if we can um, mind control them into doing our bidding as well. They tried that and the Terramorphs just took over the Xeno Warfare division and killed them all. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, good, good story. Good try. Uh, but 
Terramorphs do have a natural enemy. They do the Aceles. I think that's how they say it in the game. And A-C-E-L-E-S, the Aceles were um, native to that Toleman too as well. They were kind of like a mix between a giraffe and a rhino. If you see them in game, they, they have that like kind of like horn with the armor padding down. Imagine horse armor on a giant giraffe. That's pretty much what they look like. A giraffe horse. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, this can be yours for 99 cents if you buy the deluxe version of Oblivion. Yeah, they're but almost unicorn-esque, almost like alien unicorns or something. Big, meaty alien unicorns with lots of armor, and they're very, very good for the environment. But they're, they're, they're like the good, good boys. They're like the, you know, they don't, they don't attack people. They're docile, and really, otherwise, they don't, they're not a problem. You can have one on your farm and just like take care of it it'll be it'll be happy there but if a terramorph shows up it's, it's going all out it's taking the thing down exactly which is exactly. crazy because i i don't understand how these things fight like how do they actually beat a terramorph like mano y mano like it seems in like the terramorph game, in game you can run into random events where if you do a part a certain part of that quest line where you say okay we're gonna revive this species that was the natural predator to it you can go to planets and you can see terramorphs fighting in the Aceles. yeah like, and the terramorphs just just like you know clawing at it doing all of its different stuff but the Aceles is using its head to kind of like buck around with it and like, yeah yeah it's it's a little bit i don't know awkward it, I, in my mind it looks like the terramorph probably has a one-up on it it's got big long arms it probably is more maneuverable but for some reason this big giraffe horse seems to get one up on them yeah terramorphs are afraid of one thing and it's a big armored giraffe um if you're a big <laughs> armored giraffe then uh terramorphs don't like you everything else they could pretty much own except for large armored giraffe so if you're ever caught in a terramorph thing go to the savannah find a giraffe put some armor on it ride mm -hmm. it around you're good you're good you're good that's how you get around terramorphs uh, exactly. all right anything else about about this this section <laughs> uh so the, the reason that they inv uh the terramorphs actually invaded the colony of londinium is all of the Aceles on the planet died out so when the Aceles died out, their natural predator went away, and then the Terramorphs were like, all right, cool, let's have Terramorph party and kill a bunch of humans and take over a settlement. I mean, that's what I would do if I were a Terramorph. Yep. So, oh, yeah. It makes sense. And then that was a problem, and then they blew everybody up, and there's a whole side of the quest, like the whole, the whole like political side of that we'll have to address in another episode, but there's definitely some decisions that were made in order to shut this down that weren't just for... I don't know. Good reasons? No, it was to save face in a really uh, negative way, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but it also killed save it. It was a way to save face, but also kill a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's issues with that. Um, right. But tell you what, we've got to go thank our patrons. So we will be right back. But we have some more stuff to go over about Terramorphs and some discussion questions because we like to we like to think about things. We like to dig a little bit deeper than the lore that we have and wonder a little bit more about what's out there. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love 
Marvel comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb, gear, a bunch of other items. It is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out. Click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, MAXPOOL. Don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and this is where we get to thank our patrons. We don't have any new patrons this week, but if you would like to join us, get ad-free episodes, cool stickers and t-shirts and all sorts of fun stuff, go to patreon.com slash starfieldlorecast. Check it all out over there, and you can be you can be our 16th. We currently have 15 patrons. You can be number 16. And speaking of our current patrons, we have to shout out our space lords. Commander Marcus Shepard and Worst Action Hero. Thank you for your support. You get shout outs every week at your tier. And uh, we couldn't do it without all of you and all of your support. So thank you for being here. Also, another way to help us out would be to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Me Greenhouse in the United States says, uh, great guys, keep them coming. I love listening on weekly. Makes my workday shorter. So thank you and you're welcome. I like that. Um, actually, no, it, I've, I've read some of these before. Let me let me start this section over and I'll edit it. Um, so we have one new <laughs> review on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Uh, this one comes from One-Eyed Odin. Actually, did I have you heard this one before? I don't think I've read this one before. Uh, One-Eyed Odin says, Starfield Lorecast, five stars. Topics are always interesting. The hosts clearly put a lot of effort into each episode and the audio quality is excellent. Thank you, Odin. Appreciate the, Thank you. the kind words. Um, if you'd like to leave us a review, we'll read it out on a future episode and you can rate the show on Spotify or tell your friends or your grandmother because she's going to love playing this game, too. So uh, <laughs> that's it for the mid break. Let's move on with the rest of the show. Oh, wait, 
Wait, before we move on, next week, Monday, coming up, is our Patreon episode. Got to remind you guys about that. Forgot about it. That's the 30th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We will see you. I guess it's Halloween Eve, but that's fine. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Here we go. All right, we're back, Dave. Um, so what else do we have to discuss about these terror morphs? Yeah, the, the other thing I kind of wanted to bring up when it came to the terror morphs are why they are i guess bad <laughs> okay <laughs> beyond if we haven't hit terrible, that home yet <laughs> beyond how terrible they are uh because they have because they have gone to a number of the different um ships and a number of the different uh, like traders that come in they're getting into these ships and then once the ships land on a different planet they're getting out and they're going to find stuff so it's it's always interesting of seeing what colonies are affected from the terramorphs because typically colonies with low security that are just starting out are more susceptible to a terramorph attack than let's say a um uh, New Atlantis, um, even though that does happen in the game, like they don't have a natural terraform attack ever because they're just like killing the heat leeches as they see them. They're like, okay, we've got the security force, we've got all the stuff, so we'll just get them. But out in the frontiers of space, you're not able to go through and kill all of those, um, you know, these little leeches that are out there. So they just grow, they multiply, they reproduce. Um, any invasive species that comes through it are, um, that comes to really any ecosystem is going to entirely destroy it much like the terramorphs do so i had some examples of some invasive species um one from each of where we are currently residing uh, particularly in florida and the mountains of appalachia um, <laughs> nice all right <laughs> i wanted to talk about some absolutely dangerous creatures on earth that are doing a lot of the same things that uh Terramorphs are doing, but just at a very smaller scale and without the um, ferrochemy that they yeah in giant monster produce. form <laughs> either. Yeah, so, yeah, yes, yes. Okay, so, so this uh, is cool because it's going to give us a sense of like where that concept comes from and how it actually applies in the real world. Yes, correct. So the Burmese python has been a major invasive species in florida so it's dated back almost to the 80s uh, when a category 5 hurricane came through and essentially destroyed a breeding facility for pythons and when it destroyed the breeding facility that means the gates came off and it's in the middle of the everglades this sounds like a pitch for a movie about like a giant snake <laughs> It's called it's snakes in a glade. <laughs> snakes it's with Samuel. <laughs> no, but this really happened. Like these got out. Like this. This is part of how this happens in many different locations. Not not specifically a hurricane hitting a facility and letting things out, but creatures that aren't indigenous to a specific area getting released in some way into the wild, and then they kind of dominate the 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 niche there. They don't have any natural predators, and so they just spread and spread and spread. Right. Right. So the uh, Burmese python managed to escape and it just eats everything. 
it eats absolutely everything in the Everglades. There's no natural predator to it. So like all of these like smaller creatures, it can even eat alligators. Like it is a giant, just like feeding machine. The, um, the number of like fauna, like, uh, when you're talking non reptiles, like rabbits, that kind of stuff. They did a study specifically on rabbits and found that, um, 77% of the rabbits, uh, population before the, um, event of the Burmese python getting out, 77% died because Burmese pythons were now on the loose. So imagine within a year, and this was over the course of a year, 77% of an entire species is completely destroyed because some snakes are in the water. That's that's crazy. That's, I mean, I, I live in Florida. I don't live in the, in the Everglades, but I'm not too far. I mean, I could take a day trip and go down to the Everglades. And if you've driven through there, it is a gigantic swamp. Like the water is really only a few feet deep most places, but imagine trudging through that and then coming across a python. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I did say that most of these, in, like these, uh, I guess, what is what it was called? Uh, invasive species aren't big monsters, but pythons can get pretty big. So I guess this one counts for that too, huh? The, the pythons are known from eating anything from like a, like the size of like a duck to like a full-on white-tailed deer. Yeah, like that's, pretty just like, that's pretty big. That's pretty big. We'll just consume them. They will kill them and, and stun them and then slowly engulf them um, <laughs> into their bellies. Well, I feel good, I'm much better about going out into the wilderness here where I live. Well, since they did that study, that's why in Florida there's a lot of laws on what kind of exotic pets you can have because they don't want you getting uh, tropically exotic pets typically if you live near the Everglades because what if those pets get out? What if your giant venomous snake or whatever, whatever kind of snake you have, gets out into the Everglades and then it starts reproducing and then you have all of these even more invasive species getting out. Same thing for like lizards, that kind of stuff. Anything that does well in the Everglades. I don't think they're worried about dogs or cats. Yeah, no, dogs <laughs> and cats are not going to survive. They're going to become food in the Everglades yes. for those other creatures. Um, yeah. But but those like tropical kind of like exotic animals, there's a lot of laws in Florida regarding that because of the um, uh, topology and a lot of the geography that's in that region. So I, I always think that's interesting about, about the pythons of like, all of a sudden, there's a hurricane where it destroys the breeding facility, and then the pythons are let loose. Like that sounds like something from Starfield. Of like, there was a storm, and then it attacked the facility, and the terramorphs came out. And right, right, the ship crashed, and then let loose all the things that were in cages. Yeah. So wait, you have another example here of something that's a little bit not as scary. It's not as scary, but. Um, Feral hogs are one of the oldest invasive species in the United States, dating back to the 1500s. Um, so when you are out and about, like pigs are not native to America. They are not um, a, a native, they are a domesticated animal, but sometimes they'll get out and, and they, they breed and then they become a feral hog. And feral hogs um, are incredibly dangerous to, uh, they will like try to attack you. And this is in all regions of the United States, including Appalachia, Arizona, like all across because they're domesticated so much um they are naturally pretty aggressive and although they don't kill very much as compared uh, in comparison to like pythons the most dangerous thing about feral hogs are the diseases that they carry 
So feral hogs are attributed to a lot of outbreaks of infectious diseases that kill other animals, crops, that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. because of how territorial and invasive they are, but how their, I guess, um, anatomy carries that disease with them. So it's almost like dangerous in a different way. These people, these like hogs are not going to kill you. They're going to end up giving you some sort of disease or your animal, some sort of disease, and that will kill them off. So they are essentially going through and conquering their territories through biological warfare. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I guess that is kind of scary, too. I mean, yeah. All right. And these these are just examples from like real life. So imagine to yourself that there is an invasive species that is incredibly aggressive, that has forearms, giant teeth, and then releases a pheromone that makes you hallucinate or like become its best friend wanting to kill your friends. Yeah, that's that's terrifying. Um, Speaking of pheromones. You did a little bit of digging into the science of pheromones and if this is actually something that could happen, could you mind control somebody with pheromones? Well, I guess, first of all, are pheromones even real? Is that a real thing or is that just like a thing people talk about? Like, what's the deal with that? So it's not like pheromones are kind of like a a new science because it wasn't discovered until 1959 um, that the, they're kind of like understanding uh, chemical reactions with hormones outside of the body, like th- the science of hormones within the body and how you're, you, you can ingest hormones. Like the, there's a lot of different stuff, but as far as like, like smelling hormones or people off putting hormones to affect other things in the world and change like the chemicals in their brain, that all stuff, it, all that stuff is fairly new. Right. And um, usually that's to attract a mate. Most likely, right? That's, That's what you hear. Yeah. Um, that like Poison Ivy is a classic Batman character that is said to use pheromones to attract her mates. Now, when she kisses them, they do die because that is, you know, the power of Poison Ivy. And she can talk <laughs> to plants. So ignore <laughs> ignore those non-scientific things. But she has some pheromones, I promise you. Okay. Um, that she utilizes. But this research talked about silk moths and apparently... Uh, the uh, female silk moths excrete a chemical known as bombi coal, which I'm never going to pronounce that right, uh, which attracts, which acts as an attractant over vast distances so they can communicate with the um, male uh, silk moths and attract them to them for mating. So these the silk moths are essentially using it to communicate and mind control other moths to come to them much like how a terramorph acts it's like communicating hey this is the worst thing that can possibly happen to you in this moment and everything's falling apart or you know go as far as like breaking your mind and you're completely out of control mm-hmm. that's what these terramorphs are doing is that same like silk moth behavior instead of like i'm the best and most lovely silk moth they're saying the terramorph has destroyed your life your family your mortgage your car and all of your <laughs> special hobbies and toys at home right you're gonna <laughs> step on a lego um yeah so it's like the opposite direction but also like turned up to 11 yes yeah oh that's so weird um okay (laughs) that's it it's crazy to think that like a chemical that you could smell in the air somehow get in your body from the air could have that strong of an effect but i mean if you think about it like our ears and our eyes our other senses have very strong effects as well like some creatures puff themselves up real big or even just interactions with other other humans body language or the words you say and how you say them will affect the behavior of other people 
and we don't even think about it that much but like the skin is skin is so absorbent like you can absorb things through your skin that's why like patches and stuff are are right there but that's also a way to enter your body is through your skin so maybe even just like being in the vicinity of it. it's not necessarily through like an orifice or something but just like you know like a nicotine patch or something like that yeah it's getting absorbed into the skin so even that from that perspective my question are where are the terramorphs touching us is it through our mouths, our nose, our ears, our eyes, our skin? Where? Show me where the terramorph touched you. I do you not know? give permission. I do not give permission. Terramorph, stay back. Um, okay. Anything else about these moths and how how this might work? Uh, it, no. It, I think it's I think it's incredibly interesting though the the amount of um, the amount of stuff that animals do naturally that we just like forget about. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly amazed by that. Like the funguses that take over ants and control their minds. And now they've got these like zombie ants walking around like nature is metal. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite subreddits is nature is metal. Yeah. Nature is uh, pretty metal. It, yeah. Yeah. It's some crazy stuff. So. All right. So that's the Terramorph and some of how it actually works as an invasive species, as a creature that can emit pheromones and control you and some of the history around it. Uh, as I as I noted, as as we're going through the episode, we're going to get into some of the other like more political aspects of the game and go over that stuff in the future. But we wanted to cover something particularly terrifying for Halloween. So um, it's in the name. It's in the name. So there you go. Terramorphs. Uh, we will be back next week with a patron episode on. We will be recorded on Monday and then it'll go up on regular times on the different services and things like that. But you've got time if you are listening to this before Monday, before Monday evening to sign up on the Patreon. Join us and we're going to talk about whatever our patrons decide will be the topic that this is your forum to geek out and have some fun talking about starfield so uh you're, you're welcome to join us dave you got anything else going on before we head out yeah i've got uh rad rolls is kicking off our final uh kind of we did a two-parter of elder scrolls and so the the second part where we do a mushroom casino heist as i call it is uh kicking off this week and then we are deep into campaign two of our fallout uh, core campaign we wrapped up campaign one earlier this year and now we're getting back in the campaign to um come end of november so look forward to that you can find all that stuff at rad rolls on youtube podcast services and more awesome and then i of course do other lore casts like the fallout lore cast elder scrolls lore cast lord of the rings lore cast and the mass effect lore cast you can look those all up on whatever podcast you're listening to this on or go to robotsradio.net where you'll find those shows and a bunch of other shows by other hosts on the network so there's lots of fun stuff to listen to and uh thank you for tuning in thank you for being here and until next time stay safe out there and if you see a heat leech on your ship stomp it out save a colony somewhere <laughs> we'll see Catch you next a smile time. save a colony <laughs> stomp a heat leech there you go we'll see you next time you enjoyed this show did you know that parodies are copyright protected tell a friend and review on itunes or other services dave and tom excited for starfield let's all speculate and wear no shoes hey why aren't we wearing any shoes because shoes rhymes with itunes and that's the best i could think of 